What's good, guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. This is episode number 71, and I'm beginning into your guys' questions. I so appreciate you guys reaching out, DMing me with questions for the podcast. So that's what I'm be doing this episode is just uh, getting back to you guys on some questions. So thanks for sharing those questions. If questions do pop up, guys, I love hearing from you guys. Just shoot me a DM, and uh, I'll be doing these Q&A sessions throughout the podcast. So thanks for tuning in to the Run Free Podcast, and let's dive into today's episode. All right, so excited to dive into these questions. Before I do, though, wanted to uh, tell you guys a little bit of what I've been up to. It's been a bit since I've recorded one, so I want to just kind of update you where we're at. Our family's been in Crested Butte training the last couple of weeks. Um, Sarah's prepping for the Olympic trials. I'm actually now looking out the window out in SoCal, um, getting ready for a track meet. Sarah's running a 10,000 meter, her first 10,000 meter of the season tomorrow. So stoked on that. And I got a nice quiet hotel room. Although, I don't know, it's not super quiet. Like I said, I'm right by the airport. So if you hear some airplanes buzzing in, I uh, apologize for that. But uh, I actually just hopped off the treadmill, believe it or not, which I'm kind of kicking myself for doing that because it doesn't make sense. It's a beautiful day outside to be inside on a treadmill. But treadmills can be nice for dialing in pace and uh when you want to hit a certain pace and just have a built-in pacemaker treadmill's not a bad option so i was doing a little weight workout and then hopped on the treadmill the reason why i've been on a treadmill if you didn't know i'm training for our upcoming run free virtual race and so i've been uh talking a little bit if you follow me on social media you'll see me talking about uh, my next challenge i'm kind of doing these fun challenges where i'm combining strength with endurance together and my next challenge is going to be for a run free virtual race and i'm going to try and do this up at altitude i don't know if i'll be able to do it at altitude this is going to add another layer to the challenge but the challenge that i have uh set up for myself is a 500 pound deadlift so i'm literally going to bring 500 pounds out to the track I'm going to deadlift it. The clock is going to start as soon as I touch the bar. And then I'm going to go straight into a mile run. And the goal is to do all of that. So like I said, the time starts when I touch the bar, not when I start running. To do all that under five minutes. So I've been doing a lot more running than I've been doing because I went for about seven months. Um, I went for a run with Sarah the day before the London Marathon back in October and I hadn't run since then because I was just focused on strength training, trying to get as strong and big as possible like I do. And uh, so I hadn't run a step and then I decided to hop on a treadmill a couple weeks back uh, down in Phoenix and uh, it was baptism by fire run just see where I was at collect some data doing a lot of the same mindset stuff that I've actually talked a lot about on this podcast if I'm telling myself these same things I'm telling you guys they've been so helpful for me and I'm revisiting a lot of these lessons I've been talking about so you know we've talked a lot about like observing your workouts and not getting emotionally attached to your results and I am just telling myself that same thing on that first run that I did I'm checking in just seeing where I'm at just observing the data just getting a starting point where I was at so I was kind of surprised by that I ran a mile like I said that was down in Phoenix at a gym and I uh, ran a mile in 515 so I was like okay good I don't have too too much work to try to get under five minutes and I think you know looking at like starting at 515 that could be good or bad depending on you know the context in which you're looking at it you know considering that's slower than my marathon pace you're like oh that's not very good but considering I hadn't run for seven months 
you know that's still like pretty good so I, I don't I'm not even judging it myself I don't know if it's good or bad I'll let other people decide if they care to but um, I was happy with the starting point and I thought that it was a little bit of testament of how you can preserve endurance even in the weight room without even running at all like not only was I not running during that seven month period but I was doing zero cardio so no biking no intentional cardio at all you know i go for hikes with my family and stuff like that and i do bike next to sarah while she's running i wouldn't necessarily say that's great cardio um you know on a mountain bike going 10 miles per hour on a paved road is is not super high on the cardio um but anyways just taking short rest between lifting sessions has actually like kept my cardio fairly good and so i was pleased with where i started at but um long story short why i'm going on and on about this is to tell you guys about the virtual race to encourage you to do it which i'm gonna do for a second but also just to share like kind of what's going on with me sometimes i uh I, i'm leery to share these things because i don't want to come off as like egotistical or narcissistic and just talking about myself but this is like my journey and i i only share my journey with the heart of trying to help you guys on your journey. So I know sometimes when I share these things, it is helpful for people. They do reach out afterwards and like, oh man, that was so helpful for me. So that's where I'm coming from. That's why I'm talking about this right now. But um, if you are interested in trying to get faster for the mile, I am such a big fan of quarters. So by quarters, I mean 400 meter repeats like on track. So what I've done, my training strategies, I checked in, I got that initial read of data. And I think that's so, so important as we start training for whatever we're training for, marathon, 5K, 10K, it doesn't matter. Like getting an initial starting point, data point of where you're at starting your training is so, so important. I think the mistake that a lot of people make is their starting point data is their PR from the last year or from the last season. And that is not a good piece of data, right? Like that's the piece of data of like where you got to at the end. And we're looking at like where you at right now because that's probably a lot different than your PR day. Like those PR days only come every so often, sometimes even years between. So that is not a good data point to use to measure whether you're making progress or not. You're gonna end up super frustrated if every workout that you do is measured by how far away am I from the best I've ever been before, from my personal best. It's much better to do like what I did where you're just saying, okay, let me see where I'm at. I'm gonna get a piece of data from this workout and then I'm going to, that's me my measuring stick to see if this training is working. And it is important to have that measuring stick, otherwise you don't know if what you're doing is working at all. So I got that measuring stick data, 515 for the mile. And then my, my strategy is I can't lose too much size and strength or else my deadlift's gonna go down. So right now my deadlift is at 520 pounds. And that was about two weeks ago, 10 days ago that I pulled that. So I'm feeling pretty good about my deadlift, but my mile's not good enough yet, right? Like I just ran 515. So anyways, my strategy's a little bit different than what traditional run training would be, where all I'm doing is just workouts. So I'm looking for the minimum effective dosage of running that I can get away with doing and still get under a five minute mile. So my plan was to do the best workout that I know to do for mile development and that's 400 meter repeats so i every fourth day i do 
400 meter repeats. I do 400 meter easy jog warm up and I do six by 400 on basically I'd let my body dictate the rest. I basically just wait until I catch my breath into where I'm not like panting anymore and then I go again. So, you know, early on when I first did this workout, I was needing a couple minutes rest. Now that rest period is getting shorter and shorter. And this is kind of like a hallmark, um, thing that we do at run free train where we want your body to give input into the workout so this is my way to like listen to my body and be in tune with my body because every day every workout is different and it's best if we do what our body is ready for on the day so i love to like let the body either dictate the pace or dictate the recovery have some input into the workout that's just something that i found to be very very effective as a coach and something that we try to do at run free training so that's what I've been doing, six by 400 meters, and then I just do a 400 meter jog afterwards. So I'm trying to keep my volume super, super low so I don't lose size, so I don't lose strength. So this isn't, let me be clear, this is not what I'd recommend for a runner trying to get as fast as possible in the mile. This is like prescribed for a big dude trying to just squeak under five minutes and get a little bit faster in the mile without losing size and strength. And uh, so I, I did this workout, I think I've only done it three or four times, I can't remember exactly how long. And then today flew into Orange County, um, got to my uh, hotel, did my, my weight workout, which uh, side note, I recently learned, uh, you know, there's this debate about testosterone and lifting. And what do you do first if you're trying to keep your testosterone levels high, because as you probably know, during in, doing endurance activity over 75 minutes, you're gonna see a decrease in testosterone, whereas when you do lifting, especially heavy lifting, um, you're gonna see an increase in testosterone. So if you're doing, the question is, if you're doing both, if you're lifting and running, which one do you do first? Um, so I learned this from, I'm gonna pull up his name because I don't wanna butcher it, but uh, he's he's got a great podcast, the Hubberman Podcast. Um, he's a Stanford, a professor reached out to me on Instagram the other day and I started following his podcast it's been super super insightful I'm loving it learning a lot from it but anyways what he was saying is if you don't want to see that dip in testosterone you do the lifting first and then you go for the run rather than the other way around so anyways that's what I did today and by the way in anything there's trade-offs right so we actually have our athletes do this opposite and this is what I'd recommend is another principle is like whatever you do first you're going to get the most out of so if you're a runner and you're trying to improve the most in running even though you're going to get it technically a dip in testosterone you got to do the running first because the performance comes before the testosterone and it's this tricky balance right where you're trying to keep your hormones in a good spot and yet like endurance activity over 75 minutes can reduce your testosterone at least in the short term so it is an issue that runners have to deal with and sometimes you got to make trade-offs where you're like i know the science is saying to keep my testosterone up i should lift first but I'm trying to maximize my run performance on the day. And if I lift first, I'm going to be flat for my run. So there's always this juggling between science and real world that is the art of running and the art of training that we are constantly trying to thread that needle. So anyways, I uh, 
did my weights then hopped on the treadmill again just trying to collect data it's like no expectations i have no idea how this is gonna go i'm just gonna see where i'm at after a couple weeks of of doing this 400 meter repeat workout every fourth day and i was super surprised and pleased to um ran like five minute pace for a mile and a half and just pleased with like the progress right like it doesn't even matter to me what the times are how far i go or any like the result doesn't mean much to me at all but to me like seeing the growth seeing the body adapt and change it doesn't matter if i'm going from a 12 minute mile to an 11 minute mile or a five minute mile to a four minute mile just seeing the body what it's able to do when you give it the right training, when you space out the workouts enough, when you take enough rest and recovery, when your nutrition is on point, when everything is dialed in, it's amazing what the body can do. Um, you know, like for me to look back and just remember that 515 mile two and a half weeks ago or whenever it was felt so hard. Like I was just breathing like crazy, sweating all over the place. And then today, like a mile and a half at five minute pace, felt pretty good pretty comfy and so that's that's why i do what i do that's what i loved about running i loved well i loved a lot of different things about running but one of the things i really loved about it was just seeing the growth seeing the change seeing the adaptation that would happen within the body that's still like what i love about fitness right i love seeing growth so i hope that that's encouraging to you guys and if you are trying to get your mile time down and you're not training with us um i think 400 meter repeats is where it's at i just love this workout for trying to get faster over a mile let me remind you guys if you're a marathon or half marathoner you might think uh it doesn't matter how fast i can run a mile but i would really encourage you guys like work on that mile speed the faster you get over a mile the faster you're gonna be over 5k the faster you're gonna be over 10k and all the way up to marathon so wanted to give that super long story <laughs> as a way to uh remind you guys i think i mentioned it on maybe the last podcast i've definitely mentioned it on social media but run free is doing a virtual race and uh, it's going to be from may 24th to 30th so would love for you guys to sign up it's 25 dollars registration fee and every single penny of that is going to go to make your mark ministries which is this amazing ministry in Ethiopia doing just life-changing work on the streets in Addis. Um, Sarah and I personally visited um, the work that they're doing and visited with the kids, visited with um, the founders and just amazing people doing amazing work, bringing kids off the streets in Ethiopia, getting them reintegrated into society, teaching them, um, all, giving them all the skills that they need to make a life for themselves and to give them a second chance in life and it just the stories that we hear out of there are just unreal so we love this ministry we look for ways to support them however we can sarah um, i believe this last year she um, made a big donation to them personally and uh encourage her followers to do the same so if you guys are listening to this podcast and if this podcast has touched you in any way been helpful for you in any way i would so appreciate it if you'd even just make a one dollar donation 
if everyone did that, it would make such a big difference. And you don't have to run the race. You don't have to do the virtual race to do that. You can go to our website. If you do want to run the race, go to um, runfreetraining.com and you can either sign up for the race there or you can just make a donation we got kind of this fun little battle going on right now where it's east coast versus west coast and uh, i'm team captain of the west coast team so we divided up our coaches between the coaches that were on the east coast and the coaches that are on the west coast and so i'm team captain of the west coast so i i want to i want to represent the west coast guys so if you guys would be so kind if this podcast has touched you in any way been helpful for you i just really appreciate it if you just make a one dollar donation on there or more i would obviously love it as much as your heart is compelled to do but um if everyone just did a little bit it'd make a huge huge difference so would really appreciate if you guys would pitch in and um, i'd love to just really bless make your mark ministries in ethiopia and and see them continue the work that they're doing and, and even take it to the next level that's what we want to be a part of and so thank you in advance for your guys support of that and uh now let's get into your guys questions all right so this first question comes from a listener who is wanting me to talk about the approach on the starting line so he or she, I don't know if it's a he or she, but they're saying uh, when you're on the starting line and everyone's on the line and the guy with the gun is walking out, what are you telling yourself? Also, this is more physical, but what are you doing during the start line? I see some girls slapping their legs, others hopping up and down, and others standing completely still. Uh, this is such a great question and one that I actually don't get very often, so I'm, I'm thankful to this listener that asked this question. So, starting line. A couple things come to mind here. Number one is observing your nerves and realizing everyone standing next to you is feeling the exact same way you're feeling. I know it's so easy to like feel like you're just gonna explode with nervousness standing on the starting line. And I used to always say my least favorite time of the race was always this moment that, that this listener is talking about standing on the starting line. The guy's coming out with the gun, giving the last minute instructions, and my heart is just going a million beats a minute. So I think first off, to kick things off, just realize you are not alone. Everyone's feeling this way. Everyone is super nervous um, standing on the starting line. So to number one, observe that, realize that, accept that as part of the journey. It's part of the beautiful process of running a race. And and yeah really like almost welcoming it you know and being like i know this is gonna happen i know when when i get on the starting line my heart's gonna start beating out of my chest and i'm okay with it now what can we do to help relieve some of that pressure the first thing that comes to my mind is really focusing on your breathing so you'll notice when you get nervous before race you'll notice your breathing pattern changes typically it gets really shallow and more uh, pulsing right like it's it's more frequent so that's what happens when we get nervous so we can actually like reverse engineer things where we can control how we're feeling by controlling our breath right like it goes both ways when we're feeling a certain way we automatically start breathing a certain way but we can also control how we're feeling by how we're breathing. So if you're not wanting that intense nervousness, which most people I'd say are not, I'd really encourage you 
slow down your breathing go into your breathing realize that i can control how i'm feeling inside by controlling the depth of my breath and by controlling how often i'm breathing so like we all know like seeing people who are going into panic attacks right and they're brown paper bags and they're breathing like crazy out of there like we want the opposite of that we want nice full deep breaths and slow breaths right deep and slow and you will be amazed at how much that allows you to relax secondly is realizing where you hold the tension in your body so when we get nervous the first reaction with the body is i'd say breathing and secondly it's we tend to tense up right and we all tense up in different areas and so i would just really encourage you next time you're in this situation you're on the starting line notice Am I like clamping down on my hands super hard? Am I grinding my teeth? Am I, are my shoulders coming up? That's what happens to me when I get nervous and I get tight, my shoulders always creep up. My traps get tight and it pulls my shoulders up. So I tend to hold my tension in my traps. So really pay attention to where am I holding my tension and then being able to breathe into that, use your breath to breathe into that and consciously relax that as much as possible. And this will be helpful for the race. Like I've always said, like nerves to some extent is good. Nervous excited is good. Nervous fearful is bad. But if you're nervous excited, that's good. But if it causes your body to be tight, that's no good. Like you need to be as loose body wise, muscularly wise, as humanly possible so really really important you pay attention to where you hold your tension and when those nerves come when you're in that moment that's the kind of stuff you, like when you, you mentioned seeing people shake stuff out like that's what you want to be shaking out is those areas where you tend to hold your tension so going into the second part of your question now like what do you actually do physically it's funny I, I go back to when I was racing and when I was most confident like I remember before the Houston Olympic trials in 2012 like I would just sit on the curb and I would just save energy and people would be doing all kinds of crazy stuff around me and I would just like stare into space and just sit on the curb <laughs> I mean this is after like doing a full warm-up but it's like in the last couple minutes before the race I'm trying to let my body calm down right it's like the quiet before the storm you get everything as loose as possible as open as possible you're ready to go but I don't think you need to be doing strides up to the, like the last second before the gun goes off like I like to have personally like a couple minute like reprieve where it's like say like you're in the middle of an interval session you give yourself two minutes rest between intervals and then you're ready to go I like having that quietness before the storm. So I literally, if I can find a place to sit down on a curb or something like that, I just sit down and I just relax as much as possible. But here's what I'd say about the physical component. You need to do what you're most confident to do. So oftentimes, like, and I'd say this was how I was early on in my career. I'm looking at what everyone else is doing and I'm like copying what other people are doing or I'm feeling guilty that I'm not doing what other people are doing or I'm just like all over the place, right? And all my attention is focused on what everyone else is doing. That's what the unconfident athlete does. The confident athlete He's focused on what he's doing or she is doing, right? Like you're focused on your mission. And I think that's what's so, so important for all of our listeners. Like when you're on the starting line, are you focused on your mission, what you're doing? Because if you are, like you're in a good headspace. 
if you're like try to not get caught up in what everyone else is doing try to not be distracted by what's going on with everyone else like really focus on like this is what works for me and this is what I'm doing do not and that's why people make such big mistakes when they try something new right before a race and it really I think comes oftentimes not all the time but oftentimes comes from this place of not being confident in what they're doing so you need to practice this like in practice like you need to practice this is how my body feels best because maybe like you're different than me and you need to do strides right up to right before the gun the only way to know that is to try these things in practice right like so like literally try like okay i'm do all my my normal warm-up my drills my strides and then i'm gonna try just like sitting down for two minutes before i start my first interval see how that feels and then the next time before my workout, I'm gonna try just walking around for two minutes or I'm gonna try just standing there. I'm gonna try static stretching or I'm gonna try um, doing strides right before. Like try a variety of things and try it repeatedly because there's always so many variables in running that can tr- that contribute to how we're feeling in every workout. So it's really hard. The only way to isolate one variable, I don't think there is a way to isolate one variable very often, um, but it's just to repeatedly try something in training. So that way, when you get to the race, talk about confidence, like you're just like, I know this works for me. And so this is what I'm doing. This is my protocol. And I've heard of like other pro athletes where they write out like moment by moment exactly what they're going to do, when they're going to go to the bathroom, when they're going to start their warm up, just so there's zero thinking involved. And so that, you know, everyone's a little different. Some people like free flowing it. And they don't like being that structured. Other people need that kind of structure. So it's really an individual thing, but I'd really encourage you try all this stuff in practice, in training. But just remember when you're in that moment, everyone's feeling how you're feeling. Control your nerves with your breath and let go of the physical tension in your body. All right, next question is when you start a race, at what point do you start to talk to yourself? Uh, Is it bad to zone out for a little bit or are you encouraging yourself and repeating your mantras from the start? So first off, I I love zoning out. I think it depends a little bit on the race you're in, right? Like obviously the shorter the race, like if you're running a 100 meter race, you don't have a whole lot of time to zone out. Like you better be pretty focused and dialed in the whole time. Whereas if you're doing a marathon, like you better be zoned out for a good portion of the race. Cause if you're clicked in, engaged, focused, you're gonna be exhausted just for being focused for that long time, right? Like you wanna zone out for potentially a long, long period of time. So I'm a big fan of zoning out. And here's how I like to approach races is Early on, it's often the focus is on relaxing as much as possible. So whatever thoughts I'm thinking, and whether it's a mantra or something else, most of the time I'm thinking about my form. I'm thinking about, like I just talked about, holding tension in my body. Am I feeling tight in some areas? Um, And how can I relax my body as much as possible? Because I've always said the way to run fast is to be as relaxed as humanly possible while still running fast. 
so that's that's the first thing is relaxation that's what i like to think about say if i'm running a marathon i'm thinking about that for at least the first half of the race if not longer and even when it's like you're in the pain cave like i'm i'm thinking about all right like i'm still digging deep i'm pushing with everything inside me but i'm still just trying to stay as relaxed as humanly possible so oftentimes um that is the goal is relaxation um, in terms of talking to myself and like mantras and stuff like that, so I want it to build with the race. And I even do this, you know, when I'm watching um, athletes, I'm, when I'm coaching them, and I'm at, say, like tomorrow, I'm at Sarah's track meet. Like, I'm not going to be bouncing off the walls, going crazy, screaming super loud at lap one in the race, right? Because I almost want to my energy level i want to be the same energy level that i want sarah to have within the race so even like as a spectator cheering or a coach cheering like i am conscious of like what's my energy like and i want my energy to build as the race is going on and as a racer that's what you want as well like so whatever thoughts mantras like bible verses whatever you're thinking and your, your plan is for your thought plan for the race you want to make sure and even if you're listening to music like have a playlist that's like pretty mellow early on pretty relaxing and have it build in intensity and excitement because you don't want like crazy super intense music at mile one and then you just go out like a bat out of hell and totally blow up right like so being just really conscious of no matter what you're thinking to allow that momentum to build that excitement to build as the race goes on and so i'm a big fan too like uh, i always remember i think i mentioned this on the podcast before so forgive me if you guys have heard me say this before but um michael phelps talks about um you know, what did he think about when he was in the pool and swimming and interesting enough like a lot of his races are short races and he even said like he wasn't thinking about outside stuff he was just fully in the moment fully present just like going at it right and i think there's a time and place for that with running as well where we kind of turn the mind off and i think that is an actually really helpful tactic and it helps us not overthink things too much as well so to answer your question i love like zoning out for as much as the first half of the race as long as i can stay relaxed like if you're zoned out but you're so zoned out that you're running too fast or you're getting really tight and you're doing stupid stuff in the race like obviously that's not good like you need to be aware enough to be aware of what's going on with your body how it's feeling energy levels like all this stuff is important to think about making sure you're getting your fluids your calories all that stuff so if you're so zoned out that you're like in a drugged out state and you're, you're not with it at all that's that's not what i'm talking about here but if zoning by zoning out you mean being as relaxed as possible and carefree as possible i think that is great um, and I always fall back on the advice that my coach gave me, Terrence Mahan, and he always said, you run the first 20 miles with your head, you run the last six miles with your heart. And I think that's just spot on. You, like, you won't go wrong with that. Um, just being really smart early on, zoning out if you need to early on. And then with that last like third of the race is when like 
fight clicks in right it's like flight or fight and that's when that's when fight mode clicks in that's when you start really digging deep that's when you start thinking like really inspirational stuff thinking about people you love using those powerful mantras that you've used in training to really dig down deep and push but you don't want to start using those until you get into that last third of the race Alright, so the next question, I love this question as well. I've not gotten this question before either, so I love you guys are sending me some original questions here. This one is about researching your competition. And I, I love I love to talk about this because this was something that I had to deal with a lot. So uh, this listener, she's a girl, and she said that uh, she would look up every person, every girl who beat her in a race, and look down their, look at their names, look at their Strava, and like really like do her homework on them is essentially what she was doing and seeing where they were at, seeing is trying to get as much information about them as possible. And she commented that she had observed someone else that this had worked really well for. So my take on researching your competition is if researching your competition makes you put them on such a high pedestal that they are no longer human that is no good obviously right and so this is where i had to be really careful with myself because i found that the more i looked into someone like watching their youtube videos or looking at their results the more intimidated i would get right and so pretty soon like this person's not even human anymore like they're so amazing so good and it's good to have that healthy respect for your competition and it's even good at some levels to know about your competition know how they tend to run um know yeah like like for example i had dathan on the podcast and he was a guy i raced a lot in high school collegiately and, and as a professional and so i knew how dathan ran typically and so that that was helpful when we line up next to each other and he knew how i ran as well right like it went both ways but i wouldn't say i necessarily spent a lot of time like obsessing over every result that he had every race um so it's this balance is kind of what I'm getting at right this middle path of like knowing the tendencies of your competition that is wise that is helpful but not obsessing so much to where you know every stat everything they've ever done they are becoming superhuman in your mind like if when it's going that direction when they're getting up on that pedal stool and you can feel that inside of yourself that's in my opinion when it's time to stop and i actually erred more on the side of like not knowing about my competition um and i knew i was making a trade there i knew by hey not knowing everything about this person they could catch it catch me they could surprise me and do something that I'm not ready for, or run in such a way I'm not ready for. But I don't know. I never really felt like that was the case. I can't remember any race I ran where I was like, oh, I wish I would have known that person tends to do that. Like, it, it didn't really matter, but it was super helpful for me to stand on the starting line and not knowing that the guy that I'm racing just ran 58 minutes for the half marathon. Like, I would rather almost not know that and believe I can run with this guy as long as I'm also at the same time balancing that with executing my race strategy and doing things, running how I know I'm supposed to run. So running is this crazy balance of, and I've talked about this a lot before, like using the guys and girls next to us, our competition, to draw out our best, right? And like this, was, this mindset was so helpful for me 
when I'm feeling competitive in a healthy way in the sense of like, they are here to make me better and I am here to make them better. And that, that paradigm shift is so, so helpful. Like, and I didn't have this every single race. I wish I could say I did. I wish I could say I mastered this and I never just wanted to beat someone really bad. Like I, I definitely ran a lot of races with the wrong type of competitive spirit. But when I was enjoying running the most, when I was at my best, like I could just look at the Kenyan guys next to me or the Ethiopian guys or whoever it was and just be like, this guy's here to make me better. And I'm here to make him better. And when I competed with that mindset, all of a sudden what changes is I'm no longer threatened by this person. They're not trying to take something away from me, steal my glory, steal my fame, steal my my performance, my place on the pedestal. Now like this person is here to help me and I'm here to help them. And it just totally puts the competition like totally upside down in such a good way, in such a helpful way, in such a fun way where now I can go compete quote unquote against these guys and actually enjoy it and actually want the best for them. And that is such a win when when you are out there running, quote unquote, against people and you just want the best for them. And I always competed way better that way, way because you're competing out of love rather than competing out of fear. And I think our bodies are just made to do better when we're doing things out of love. So I'd say that is the most important thing I could share with you on this topic is it's okay to like do your research on your competitors but also you need to have this belief like i can run with anyone because everyone out here is here to make me better and i'm here to make them better and that's what this whole thing of racing is really all about all right guys next question and by the way that's uh it's only been a half second since that last question i answered but for me it's been an entire day so since then sarah has run her first uh 10k since 2016 last night down here in socal and it went great um stoked she ran 31 21 which was like over a minute and a half PR, second PR so huge PR she uh, got her Olympic a standard time so we're stoked and it just reminds me of like the importance of how we set up our goal races right so Sarah's getting ready for the Olympic trials and just how important it is to be building momentum along the way and this requires you to be really choosy when you're choosing your build-up races I know like for myself sometimes I never really put a whole lot of thought into like okay how is this race that I'm choosing to do prior to my marathon maybe a month out or two months out how is it building my momentum how is it can be helpful towards my goal race like what am I trying to accomplish you know it's very easy for me sometimes to just like throw these races in here and be like oh yeah that makes sense we'll just do this race and do this race without like consciously thinking about how is this like a snowball that I'm building in this build up and it's just going to grow and grow and I'm rolling it down the hill how can I get that momentum going because by the time you're towing the line for your goal race you want to have a whole head of steam behind you right and that is built through training it's built through gaining confidence in build up races and like I said in training as well um, but so so important that we take time to like really choose our races and our build up well 
um, just because this last experience with Sarah is just reminding me of that because I'm just like, man, it's so important that we learn to protect our confidence, to build our confidence, and to choose the right races that are going to do just that. And then also to have goals that are achievable and this was always a tough one for me because i'm like this huge dreamer and i love to just like dream big anything's possible on the starting line and that is absolutely the the mentality we should have on the start line but you also have to balance that with like proper expectations or i'd even argue not having expectations is probably the most helpful mindset you can have on the start line um balance that along with like anything is possible mindset right and so like the whole world is open the world of possibilities but you're not married to like it has to play out exactly like this like there's an openness on the start line that's so important to cultivate and then if you I, I think it is okay to balance that with like having goals like sarah's goal for the race last night was like first off let's just get a big pr like she'd run 32 40 or something like that first let's get a pr that's goal number one goal number two like if you have a chance at hitting the a standard time let's go after that and uh you know it played out that she was able to do both and i can just feel the momentum the excitement in her growing and growing and that's exactly what you want as you're nearing that goal race that you have so just something for you guys to chew on there a little side note but yeah funny how a podcast can be just a half a second but for me it can be an entire day between questions so anyways i, lo- I want to get this next question a really really good one here from a listener who uh, talks about their best race was before they got hurt right before it so you guys might be able to relate to that being injured leading up to a race and so she was doing a bunch of cross training i don't know if it's a she or he or she but this athlete was doing a lot of cross training showed up this race there's all these kids around her or him and uh ran their best race ever right ran a big pr and just had this like lightheartedness approach to the race and so they're asking um, how can i foster this mentality before bigger races those big goal races or is this a bad mentality to have this like kind of like well i don't know what's gonna happen and i kind of don't care and it's this kind of touching on what i just talked about um so how do you foster this like lighthearted mentality? You know, those races you go into it and you're just like, well, training's been going crazy or I got hurt or there's a bunch of kids in front of me or whatever it might be, whatever it is that like really deloads the pressure and you're just like, well, I kind of don't know what's gonna happen here. So let's take whatever I can get. And then you run great and you run a big PR. So how do you bring that mentality into the days leading up to your biggest race? And so this is such a great question because I really feel like this is one of the most important things for athletes to do leading up to a race. And it's probably something you're going to have to do repeatedly. So what happens, at least what happened to me when I was leading up to my big, whether it's the Olympic Games or Olympic trials or Boston Marathon, it didn't matter. Like leading up to these races... Oftentimes, I would feel myself really grasping my goal hard and strangling it, right? It's like I want to win this race or run a personal best or make the Olympic team or whatever it is, medal. And as I'm getting closer and closer to the race, you you might notice this too. Like when you get nervous, you start holding tension in your body and you don't even realize it sometimes like I hold it in my shoulders and all of a sudden I'm like whoa why are my shoulders up in my ear and then I relax it and I 
it, when I relax it, I realize, whoa, I was carrying around so much tension, right? And I think this happens to us gradually, and it's so gradual sometimes that we don't even know we're holding all this tension leading up to our big goal races. And so this exercise I want to tell you guys about is super, super important, super easy. And like I said, it's something that you should do repeatedly in the last couple of days leading up to your competition. And that is just a simple exercise of just letting go. So whenever you feel tension, you feel heaviness, you feel weightiness, you feel a nervousness that is like a burdensome, it's like, like we, I've talked a lot about, you know, the difference between excited nervous versus fearful nervous on this podcast, but when you feel that heaviness start to come on you in the last couple of days before your major big race that you're getting ready for, that's a great cue for us to take just a second like you can do this exercise so quickly just sit down like take 10 super deep breaths and after that i want you to grab your hand and clench it as hard as you possibly can right and i want you to visualize in your mind your goal that you're going after and you have that goal in your hand and you are just clenching it super super hard because that's essentially what is starting to happen oftentimes when you're feeling that pressure it's like you are trying to force this thing to happen you're trying to just strangle it to death right it's like it's gotta go like this i gotta do this and that's where that pressure is coming from it's like you're strangling something right so clench your fist and then gradually like with more deep breathing just let go and slowly relax the tension in your hand and as you're doing that visualize your goal and visualize it being okay for your goal to not happen so it's this exercise of letting go like how much can we let go of something that we are hold that we do hold dearly right it's like our kids or a uh, partner or our loved ones like those relationships work best when we hold them tenderly and we love them deeply but at the same time we're not strangling the relationship we're not trying to control them we're we're giving them freedom right we're giving life freedom to play out however it's going to play out and we need to do that with our races as well where we can just completely be at peace with this goal happening or this goal not happening and it's this delicate balance of it doesn't mean you don't care about it it's like you love that goal just as much you're going after that goal just as much it's just you're realizing that the way to go after this goal with everything inside of you and to have the best chance of accomplishing this goal is actually of letting this goal go and it's the hardest to do right before the race in the days leading up to it even in like the warm-up even on the start line like this might be something you have to do on the start line and life is so beautiful racing running is so beautiful when we're able to let go of it and when we're able to accept whatever the day holds for us with gratefulness with gratitude and then you will be satisfied with your run right like if that's your mindset being like I've let this thing go, but I'm going to pour myself out now and it's going to flow out of me freely because I'm not holding a bunch of tension in my body. And if there's one thing that I know for sure holds runner back, it's holding tension, it's tightness in the body. Like the way to run fast is to be as relaxed as humanly possible. So I hope that exercise is helpful for you. I hope that answers your question.
Alright, next question is another racing question. I love the ra racing questions, by the way. And this one comes from a listener who says, When you're in a race and there's someone about 10 meters ahead of you, when do you decide to stride past them? If they match your speed, do you go faster? How long after you have passed someone with a stride do you slow back down? And what do you do when someone tries to stride by you? So, love this question. Bunch of questions here within the question. So, I'm going to try and do a good job with this one. So here is my philosophy on using competitors around you to pull you to go faster. And there's it, this, this is a tough question to answer because you know I was talking earlier about like how important it is to see our competitors is people are helping us right and our goal is to help them and how that I really do believe that is the best mindset to have if we can look at everyone around us and be like this person's here to help me I'm here to help them and that's why we're all here doing this thing together so that's the backdrop of the mentality I'd encourage you to have so with that mindset looking at this question if someone's 10 meters in front of you I like to picture, like use visualization. So I use this with uh, Shereen, who's one of my athletes I had on this podcast earlier, where I was explaining to her, like when I'm pacing you on a bike, I want you to picture there being a cord, a cord tied around me and a cord tied around you, and I'm literally pulling you through this workout. I think we're doing like a 15 mile threshold. And uh, that visual is often very, very helpful for people to just feel like, okay, this person is actually pulling me. Now, if someone's 10 meters in front of you, I'd really like encourage you to, whenever you change gears in a race, you wanna do so gradually, right? So we see this oftentimes on the track when people fall down in the race, they get back up, they sprint back up to the group, and then they end up dying a miserable death towards the end of the race because they just spent so much energy getting back up to the group. Now this doesn't happen every time. Like sometimes you see people pull stuff out of nowhere and go on to win the race like that has happened but i will say that is the exception more than that is the rule most of the time those people valiantly get back up get into the group and then die that's happened to me before when i was in college so um whenever you change a gear just make sure it's super gradual because oftentimes you know we talk about threshold running and you're at a certain threshold within the race where if you're running it right, if you go much faster, like you're gonna go over your threshold, you're gonna blow up, you're gonna go backwards, right? Um, so when you surge, oftentimes you are crossing that threshold, unless you're running way, way below your threshold or a decent amount below your threshold, then you can change gears pretty significantly. And that's oftentimes what you'll see when guys like really change gears, they're able to change gears because their fitness level is just phenomenal and their threshold is up higher than everyone else's. So they're not near to that threshold. So they can really change gears in a big way. Um, I'm talking about like before the kick, right? Like we all have this kick that we can pull out within the last 400 meters of the race. I'm talking about like in the middle of the race when you see a lot of surging happening. So um, just encourage you that when you do have someone to mirrors in front of you make sure your change of gears is gradual don't just like sprint to catch up to them and the actual mechanics you want to focus on when you are trying to make up a gap is you want to focus on your turnover oftentimes that is like one of the most helpful things to think about is not think about like taking a longer stride or sprinting or just trying harder but actually thinking about your the ground being on fire and just trying to get your feet on and off the ground as quickly as possible um, oftentimes Sarah will do this in training we talk about it being like Mario Brothers you know where like you get the mushroom or whatever 
whatever. Man, I'm dating myself here. Like, young people probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, Mario Brothers, if you get this mushroom, get, like, super speed, and then the music starts going really fast, and you can just, like, run really fast. But they're taking, like, little tiny, tiny strides. And so Sarah and I joke that, like, when she does that, it's like Mario Brothers when they get the mushroom. So focusing on that turnover, like, almost, like, shorten up your stride but quicken your cadence is oftentimes a good... Um, mental cue to focus on mechanically to get back into that group so um, that's why I encourage you to get with the group now a couple different things with this question so if you are catching people especially if it's like say halfway through the race or getting into the later stages of the race the temptation is always to just sit with that person right it's like catch them and then just sit with them now the problem is they when you catch them obviously you are going faster than they're going so when you settle with them then you're slowing back down and anytime you slow down in a race it is difficult to pick it back up again right like it's always easiest to just park it right at your threshold for that distance just keep your effort at the same effort level and just ride it all the way till the end of the race when then you can kick so when you catch someone I guess the question is like are you trying to beat them or are you trying to run fast because if your goal is to run fast it's it's a situational thing so a little bit hard for me to answer this question but like maybe you you tuck in behind them catch your breath gather yourself relax as much as you can give yourself a minute 30 seconds however long of a distance and then you continue on past them so my strategy when i was racing was always if i catch them that that means i gotta go to the front and keep pushing because i'm just trying to run as fast as possible most of the time so just be aware of that that if you catch a group and you settle with them it is means you're slowing down it is going to be difficult then to pick it back up again so if you're running for time i'd encourage you to go around them and keep going if you're running to place then you you know that changes and depends on how you thrive as a runner do you like running in the front do you how's your foot speed compared to theirs there's a million and one different factors that play into that so going to the next part of this question how long after you have passed someone uh do you slow back down so this is where like the competition side of things might be a little different based on your mentality like if your goal is simply to beat someone we talk oftentimes about like uh in running people trying to break people's spirit right and so it's like if you get a gap on someone and they oftentimes you can break their spirit quote unquote like it just getting away from them getting a group like they stop believing they can run with you and then they start slowing down now that doesn't really fall in line with the mentality that i was just talking about you're trying to make people better but um that is a tactic that people will use is to just try and get a gap as big a gap as possible and then you just hold the gap right um so i don't know to be honest how you'd balance that with like trying to make someone else better my mentality was always just like i would just be pushing the whole time like there was never like a conscious like okay now i can slow back down it was just like when i go past a group it was i'm going all the way to the line with this effort it was always my mentality but to each their own and respect to everyone for their own mentalities like not everyone has to run exactly how i run i totally get that um so hopefully that's helpful for you um the last part of that question was uh what do you do when someone tries to stride by you so this is important when someone comes up behind you and goes past you again going back to the mechanic of 
quick feet on and off the ground that's always what you want to do and you want to get right so you do want to use them right to like try and chain almost to wake yourself up oftentimes especially in marathons longer races like you just kind of fall asleep in a certain cadence and sometimes a little bit of a downhill or a competitor that comes past you can just wake you up and like get you out of that that monotonous cadence that you've been in for maybe hours right so when people do come past you you have to make the mental commitment right away like i'm going with them and then you tuck in right behind them and you again use that imagery of a cord being tied to them a cord that's unbreakable and sarah and i i yell i was just yelling this sarah the other night on the track like no gaps like you don't want them to have five meters on you right like you want to be right on top of them almost to where like you're clipping them like that kind of close not only are you going to get better like wind um breaking from them but also just the mentality of being like this person cannot get away from me right and i think it's important too like if you are in a competitive situation oftentimes competitors that is something what they'll do is they pass you hard right and that is something that we do um when we're racing on the track when we're going past a group oftentimes again i don't know how this fits into the mentality of trying to make other people better but we would like go past people really hard um in an in an effort to get that gap right and so you gotta realize your competitors are probably doing the same thing to you where when they go past you they're going past you hard and so you have to realize okay i need to weather this storm i need to get right behind them tuck in weather the storm and then eventually it's going to slow back down again all right guys last question here and uh love this one on visualization so this listener asked something about visual visualization would be great i'm greatly confused about it i have such a type a personality and i'm scared that uh, if i make a plan in my head and then it didn't go according to my plan that i would freak out i don't really understand what i'm trying to visualize do i visualize the entire race or just moments of it so this is a great question and i think there's a lot of different ways to visualize you know like um i always love what Michael Phelps and his coach would do where they would visualize everything from the warm up all the way through the race like exactly how it's going to play out and then they talked about quote unquote playing the tape right and so it's like when the race comes around it's like you're just playing the tape that you've been playing in your head over and over again and you've seen it happen a million times and now you just go play the tape um, so I, I love that kind of way of doing it and that is a way to do it um, to actually visualize you you on the bus heading out there what you're gonna do what the uh, bus ride over is gonna be like the nerves you might be feeling the people around you what everyone else is gonna be doing and so it's like you are literally just like watching what you think is going to happen and if you've been to the race this is hugely helpful if you've done the race before because then you kind of know what it's going to look like and how it's going to play out now i am more of a fan and and going through the race too like you're visualizing what your splits are going to be how you're going to be feeling what your competitors are going to be doing around you like every little detail of the race like you're just picturing exactly how it's going to play out so that's one way to go about it and of course like everything in between that and what i'm about to describe to you i'm more 
I didn't find that kind of visualization as helpful for me as visualizing deeply how I was gonna feel. So more of an open-minded visualization where I'm not necessarily seeing all the details, you know, like I'm not visualizing what the course is gonna look like around me or what my splits are gonna be or what my competitors are gonna be doing because I don't know, that never actually happened, right? Like I never visualized the race playing out a certain way and then had it exactly line up to that. So it does kind of set you up for disappointment because it's probably not going to be the case that how you visualize things is how the race is exactly going to play out. Whether it's the weather being different, or your competitors doing something different, or you feeling different, or issues that pop up that you weren't expecting. like. It, having a lot of expectations heading into a race can be a scary thing. So I, I more prefer like open-minded visualization. So what I found to be most effective for me when I was visualizing is to more visualize how my body was going to feel. And again, you have to even be careful with this because if you you want to visualize it feeling amazing, right? You want to visualize your body just like flowing perfectly, like like everything just clicking, right? Like we all know what those moments feel like when you're in training or a race and you're just like floating effortlessly. Like that's that is how we want to visualize, but we also want to be open to whole variety of feelings that could come within the race so it's kind of like the saying of the samurai it's like you want to be expect nothing be ready for everything like and so you want to do that with your visualization as well now why i like to visualize how i want to feel is because for a similar reason to when we watch sports on television there's been scientific studies that show that like we actually get the same like endorphin release to some extent right like probably i don't know to what extent it's probably a much lesser extent than the actual players are feeling and experiencing and the chemical reactions that are happening in their body but that's why it's so addicting to watch sports especially when we're connected to the players because we get that same chemical response simply by watching them do what they're doing right um and there's been so many studies done on visualizations guys who were in prison and they're picture themselves like doing free throws for hours and hours and they would do like just as well in free throw competitions as people who actually practice like all kinds of crazy stuff so visualization is certainly a really powerful tool that we encourage all of our run free athletes to do um and so you do want to visualize but i just have that openness to okay i'm visualizing feeling like a million bucks floating through this race but also visualize the painful moments and visualize how you're going to navigate those what thoughts you're going to be thinking how you're going to relax into the pain how you're going to embrace the pain how you're even going to be craving the pain you're like i can't wait to get to the last third of this race when it really gets down to nitty-gritty when i really got to dig deep like that's when i come to life like this kind of visualization of visualizing even the pain even the suffering and how you're going to navigate that 
well is probably going to be the most helpful aspect of visualization so how you actually do that like i love to do this to music so oftentimes i just put on my headphones i'm laying in my bed or on the ground and just getting myself in a super relaxed state and start playing the music and i just start picturing myself going through this race and again often mostly focused on not so much my splits or what my competitors are doing but how i'm feeling how things are clicking off and then how when i get into further into the race like how i'm navigating the pain and the suffering and that's what i found to be most helpful for me and don't feel like when you visualize you have to do it for like two hours like visualization can be super powerful even in just like little tiny like little 30 seconds uh segments throughout the day even where you just like take a second go into your race visualize and like i i really believe when we visualize we do like kind of release a lot of those same chemicals that we get when this stuff is actually happening right so good things are happening simply by visualizing it um so i hope that's helpful for you and uh, guys, thanks for all the great questions. Keep them coming. Like I said, we'll do this again. I still have a bunch of questions. I didn't get through very many. I think I was talking too much. But appreciate your guys' questions. Send me a DM at Ryan Hall 3 on Instagram, and we will do this again. Thanks for joining, guys.